Welcome to episode 87 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. Happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody out there. I hope it was great. Uh, we're going to spend some time running down the card of AEW Double or Nothing that happened just this past weekend on Sunday. It was an amazing show. It was a long show. We're not going to you know, spend a lot of time on all the matches, but last week we did our famous prediction show where we... Uh, booked the show the way that we thought, and uh, we went head-to-head with our picks. Our picks were in, so you might want to go back and listen to that show before this one if you haven't heard it already. But uh, we're going to see who is King Booka and review the picks and the card of Double or Nothing. But before we do that, let's introduce the fellas real quick. Over in Glendale, somebody who keeps it regal, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grabby? Dun, 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 dun. The revolution is televised. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, man. Put your face did into you your ha- hand. Did you have a good yeah. uh, Memorial Day weekend, Steve? I did. I spent it with the out of town with the in-laws, and yeah, we kept it light. We kept it, uh, you know, Triple H. But uh, nice. um, <laughs> no, it's good. We we went. We hit up a, a, the free zoo in the Madison area. We just hung out, grilled. It's nice. All good right. relaxing so time. Not too far out of town, but no, yeah. about an hour and fifteen minutes, or yeah, whatever that is, hour. Perfect, nice, very good, very good. All right, let's cruise down the Bayview. Talk to my guy who keeps it freshly squeezed, Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt? <sighs> Sorry, that was a impersonation of myself near the end of Double or Nothing. Oh. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, bro, I passed out early. I didn't even see. The uh, arena uh, anarchy in the arena. I didn't see the oh championship match. I oh, didn't man. see the Keith Lee. So I got, I I I kind of went out a little strong on the drinks. I had a bunch <laughs> of drinks the night before on Saturday, and then we had like this this grocery thing delivered to us, and we ordered some watermelon. They literally gave us the largest watermelon. I think on the face of the planet. I was giving it to my neighbors for the weekend, and I was like, "Oh, we should make watermelon margaritas." Got the pay per view. Hot, hot spring night. Uh, Kristen's <laughs> sister was in town, so we had some family support watching the kids. So I thought I could get a little loose. Well, I took myself down pretty hard. I just, like I said, haven't really been getting a lot of sleep, and as soon as I do slow down or sit down, I'm kind of down for it's the count. You. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I did get to see the highlights and uh, read the reviews. So, yeah, um, I woke up to 61 texts from you guys when you were chatting <laughs> about the uh, the pay-per-view, which was great. So Sounds I got to right. relive it right there. But all right, let's stay down in Bayview. Talk to my guy. Oh, my God. It's Charlie Michael. What's up, Charlie? Not much. Let's get to the no intro. Let's get to the main event. Yes. <laughs> Looks like there's a uh, Let's not be as long as a pay per view. What did uh <laughs> what did uh, Justin Roberts say about the um, anarchy? Did he say something like oh, shit, shit, so- 
shitstorm or shit something. Yeah, shit's gonna get real or something. Yeah, something you just cut right yeah. to the chase. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what Charlie's saying. Let's let's. Uh, or cut, actually, we're cut to the chase. To quote Jade Cargill, "Cut the shit." Mm-hmm. Cut the shit, Mike. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, there's your intro. There it is. I'll take it. it sounds familiar. I like it. It's like the cut the shit, Tony. That's <laughs> so great. Cut the shit, Mike. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. Okay. As you know, we do these prediction shows the week, um, a couple days before the big pay-per-view. Some uh, uh, matches were announced that we didn't predict. We're not going to spend a ton of time on those, but let's get to the matches. So there was a lot of controversy going into AEW Double or Nothing because there was this... Uh, Something went out like MJF was on a flight out of town. We didn't really know what the hell was going on. But you could kind of tell that there was some punishment being handed out his way. They had that Wardlow and MJF match go on first, and it really didn't last all that long. Um, I don't know. I don't have the match statistics in front of me, but it didn't seem like it lasted more than 10 minutes. Yeah, I think it was around Uh, 10 Mm-hmm. We all picked Wardlow to win that match, uh, not because MGF was in any sort of trouble at that time. It was just because Wardlow would be freed from his contract with MGF, and uh, he will wrestle under AEW, and he's such a budding star that how could you not um, pick Wardlow? And he defeated MGF very handingly. Um, but anyway, do you guys have anything more about that MGF story? Um, I guess... Um cooler heads might be prevailing because it sounded like Tony Khan and uh, MJF met Monday. And uh, I mean, I guess it's premature to say cooler heads, but they did have a sit down. I don't know that anybody knows what came out of it, but I guess also the fact that he did ultimately do business and do it, you know, like other than making his airplane gesture when he was coming down to the ring as a little bit of a, you know, reference to him flying out of town. Um, he did his job professionally. So I don't know. You could read into that however you will. Are they going to, is our thing simmering down? Yeah. I think it was really fortunate for EW that um, MJF, when he came down to the ring, a lot of the way the match played out, it, like you said, Mike, it was 10 minutes and it kind of felt like punishment in a way. But at the same time, I feel like the whole match fit the story really well. Like they could have done it mm-hmm. a lot of different ways. Don't get me wrong. But I think just having Wardlow just powerbomb him, what was it, 10 times? I think it was like, 10. Yeah. The the fans, regardless of who you are, you wanted to see MJF get his comeuppance. And we that's exactly what we got out of this match. He got little to no offense on Wardlow. Um, just really played into the storyline really well. They've been building Wardlow as this untouchable you know, monster of a baby face over the last several weeks. And that was no different on the pay-per-view so i don't know i thought it was a good match it did its job i was expecting more personally but at the same time i was not disappointed with what they did yes charlie did you hear anything uh no not not mean just what you guys are saying i I know they were gonna meet um but i don't know anything else i still think it was uh some i still think i still think there's some problems there because I heard he yeah. was only, I heard he was making, heard he, I heard he had a base of 200K, but he's got some raises since then. But I know he does, I know he wants a bigger raise, but doesn't want to extend his contract. So I don't know how it goes. I mean, if it's real, I, well, I guess we'll find out Wednesday in the next couple of Wednesdays. If he's not right. on TV, then uh, it's real. 
everybody will probably have their opinion on it, but you know, if it's a dick move or a smart move on his part to stir up this type of controversy, get a really reputable source to tweet it out. Um, right before the big night of the match, just to stir this all up so they would meet and be... So Tony's like, yo, MJF, what the fuck? Like, what do we need to iron out here? So maybe they did? I don't know. Uh, you know, he pulled a dick move by skipping the uh, signing, so that yeah, was, That's for I sure. I forgot about that. that yeah, that's, that's the, a dick that's, move. That's him, you know. Yeah, and he would probably miss out on close to $40,000 from fans asking for his autograph, each, I would say. Each person had a, paid 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And I bet he had a line that was very long because he's, I'm sure. you know, people find him very entertaining and he makes all of his insults to his fans very personal. So there's probably a lot of people that would pay a hundred bucks just to get insulted by MJF. Well, that's, oh, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, like, I mean, you can debate it all you want, but like him making fun of a kid in a wheelchair and all that stuff, that's like character stuff but not showing mm-hmm. it's like then you're fucking with people so it's like he right. can't play the heel card by saying he's gonna know i mean by not no by no showing an event so yeah that was definitely crossing the line i don't know and i think uh yeah it'll be interesting what charlie said will they give in or not because it's like now there's like the locker rooms watching it's like he kind of mm-hmm. makes this power play and you give him what he wants does that create ill will I, with others i i wouldn't i I'd play hardball, you know, I'd say, take it, leave it, or we'll let you go to WWE and you can be like Champa coming out to no uh, ring entrance music. Nobody, nobody really knows him there. You know, they know Cody mm-hmm. because he was there. He's not going to come in like Cody. No, you know? right, right. And now he's killing himself with bargaining power by doing this bullshit move. So if he gets let go, they can offer him whatever, you know, it's either take it or leave it. Yeah, we've talked about this too on past episodes where if he did end up making the leap over to WWE, WWE might decide to keep his character from AEW, but you know how that goes. It's going to get normalized and watered down and definitely oh, yeah. scripted. He, he, can't, he can't do half the shit he does. You know, yeah, like he's going to make a bo- yeah. swallow and abortion references and all that. Like he's not going to do a thing like that in WWE. Andy doesn't fit what Vince likes. Are those big guys? Those athletic guys? He's not guys. big. He's kind of, he's he's big. Kind of yeah, doughy. Exactly. He, I mean, he's he's strong enough, but he's a little, you know, he's a little doughy. But I mean, his strength is on the mic, and you don't have that freedom in WWE. So they, they already have a PG MJF. He's called the Miz. You know, right. exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's keep it moving. We'll see how that story develops as it goes on. It's a big story in wrestling world. So we'll definitely pay attention to it. But the good news is we all gained a point on that Wardlow-MJF match. Next, we had the Hardy Boys versus the Young Bucks. Um, we threw out a stipulation. We like to pick what would lead off the show, uh, the actual show, which match is it going to be. Uh, three out of four of us thought the Young Bucks and Hardys was going to be the first match. That would be Mike, Steve, and Matt. Uh, it was not. It was second, but we were in unanimous agreement that the Young Bucks would beat the Hardys, and that was not the case. Um, I was very, very surprised at this, especially with it uh, being the second match on the card. Um, I probably it might have been the first one, as we might have predicted. But with all this MJF drama, they might have you know put it on. Yeah, so we'll they never got... know if it was a last minute switch. Exactly. So to get you know maybe all that MJF stuff, you know out of people's heads as the story or as the night moved on. Um, 
But yeah, so this match, we were kind of texting about it today, too. There was something that Matt Hardy, or no, was it Jeff Hardy, might have been uh, back on the wagon? No, 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 no. I don't think anybody's thinking that. I mean, I guess some no? people might be thinking that. I think he's just, he was beat up, beat up and I think yeah, he was looking slow. Like, And there were some moments it took him longer to recover. I mean, he, he got it together for some key sequences, but... Um, he definitely had his moments where he was um, looking a little like uh, just out of gas. And I think that was the thing. Like, and I think um, all the, I mean, my God, I mean, I think, I don't know. There's a time limit on your bump card. And I wonder if he just has hit it. Yeah. I guess that Darby Allen match took a lot out of him. I wouldn't doubt it. That that match was insane. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, by, you know, we, we sit here and talk on the podcast every week. So clearly we look for things like this, but you know, regardless of that, I'm sitting here watching that match, you know, just enjoying it as a fan. And I couldn't help but notice Jeff Hardy was looking like he was having a hard time in the ring. So no surprise. I mean, these guys have been doing insane stunts, you know, in every match they do for the past 20 plus years, eventually that's going to catch up to you. And, you know, I, for Matt Hardy, it caught up to him even a couple of years ago. Um, I think everybody saw that when he took that fall with uh, Sammy Guevara onto the concrete. Oh yeah, was out forgot about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you think about you know the high risks that Jeff has taken consistently over the past twenty years. Uh, these guys are definitely at the tail end of their bump card, if not well past it. So, yeah, that was kind of unfortunate to see the match as a whole. I think the you know we kind of predicted the Young Bucks would do a good job, not carrying the match, but making the Hardys look good. And given everything Matt and Jeff are dealing with physically, I think they did a pretty good job. Oh, yeah. It was a fun match. It was still fun. It was still entertaining. It was by no means on the level of Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. But I don't think that's what fans wanted. I I think they love watching the Young Bucks and the Hardys. But, I mean, I don't want to see these guys destroy each other any more than they need to. So it was a fun match. But, yeah, the ending, just we predicted it wrong. I don't know. What are you going to do? Yep. Yeah, I didn't know there there's talk of building to another match, you know, to an, adding maybe adding more teams, doing the table lotto's chairs eventually, you know. So mm. I don't think the story's over. It might be over for a little bit, but I don't think it's over over. Well, they've been burning the candle at both ends with uh, Jeff Hardy since he's gotten into the company. You think about all those dynamite matches and those huge spots that they've been doing. Yeah, uh, one after him. the other. And uh, the Young Bucks, you know, they can really go. They can, they really can't help themselves. They really do have one speed, and that's fast. And I'm sure this was, I mean, this was a dream match. This is the dream match not only for us fans, but also for them. I mean, the Hardy Boys, they're probably just, you know, one of their most major inspirations in the wrestling world. So to have a match at Double or Nothing, I'm sure they were jazzed up. Did you get? Did you see them on Rampage when they impersonated the Hardy Boys? Yes. Uh, when they came with Gangrel. That was pretty great. That was amazing. I was, was laughing great. so hard about yeah, that. It was, it was so funny. And how they were imitating their moves and like, it, oh, it yeah. looked just like, so funny. The young they, are, they, are the, they are the best. Nobody does Heel, it better. Heel bucks are the best bucks. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I guess, you know, in, in the way of like some news for this uh, Rampage, or I'm sorry, this Dynamite coming up, um, they had advertised a 10-man match, which basically the entire elite versus Matt, Jeff. Oh, man, now I'm forgetting who else. Uh, Jurassic Express and 
Christian, but they just pulled Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy out of the match. Now mm-hmm. I would suspect Jeff Hardy because he's banged up and maybe then you have to take somebody else off the other team. They'll probably do something else with Adam Cole. But uh, I guess just to lend to this, like Jeff maybe needing a little recovery. Uh, they already altered that match. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think I saw something in our news feed. Um, it sounds like Adam Cole might've gotten a little banged up during the pay-per-view as well. So Mm. You know, obviously Jeff is hurting. So if it makes sense to take one guy out, they probably just thought, well, let's give both these guys a rest, keep it even. And then you got to Yeah. You can't have a nine man tag. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Totally. All right. Well, (laughs) at least we all dropped a point on that. Nobody really gained any ground on one another after the Hardy boys. And uh, we all stayed unanimously in agreement that Jay Cargill would go over versus (laughs) Anna Jay. Um, there was really no buildup to this. It, it wasn't a very highly rated match. Uh, Jade pretty much dominated Anna. But is this where um, the manager guy comes out and Athena comes out? Was it this correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Stokely the and and Athena. Yeah, I, honestly, I think that's why they had this stupid match because just for the what happened after. Yeah, because the yeah, match yeah. itself was, you know, I like both girls, and that match was pretty trash. Hmm. It's true. Um, The only thing I'll say about the match, I think during our prediction show, I'd made a comment that at the very least, they should try to make it feel like Anna Jay might win. And there was a moment, I think, or a sequence during the match where I truly believed Anna Jay had a chance. Um, But deep down, you know, the logical brain within me just can't help myself. I was like, okay, yeah, there's no way she's going to win. Although they did a very good job of almost convincing me she might so hats off to AEW for that but as a whole yeah the match was i will never go back and watch this match again no no way cool well i'm excited to see ember moon uh aka athena now so now i can buy my wife Kristen an athena shirt because it's also the name of our dog, and maybe she'll watch a little AEW wrestling with us, or maybe I'll buy myself one. I don't know. Perfect. And so, now suddenly you got a viable threat to Jade. Alrighty, so let's keep her moving here. Uh, we're getting down to a match that I was very excited about. It was the House of Black versus <laughs> Death Triangle, and Steve, your dream came true. Uh, what's her name? Julia Hart. Julia Hart, baby. <laughs> is officially House of Black. She made it pretty clear. She did uh, come down and interfere at the end of this match, blowing some mist in the face of somebody that I can't remember. Uh, But it did leave House of Black to the defeat of Death Triangle. So we all picked House of Black to win this, and we were all correct, so we all gained a point there. But Steve, what do you think, man? Is this going to work out good for uh, your girl, Julia? Of course it will. I think, uh, I mean, you know, AEW, when it's at its best, they um, they um, are patient with storylines, but then every once in a while they get a little too patient and it's starting to feel like this would never happen, but uh, it did. And uh, no, I think it'll be good. She's got a, she's got a great look with the, like the creepy thing going on with her eye and all that. Um, I'm just glad they finally did something. We'll see what she does. I mean, um hopefully they don't go back to the um what's their faces the varsity club or the uh no they're not the blondes. varsity the varsity blondes like trying to re-engage with house of black because it's like we all know how that's gonna go but uh yeah mm-hmm. no it was great and i hope uh 
you know, I'm interested to see where both teams go next because um, in the absence of a trios title, it's like these trios just kind of are biding time. It'd be nice to get that title on the mix. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on that. Um, as far as the match itself goes, this was just awesome. I mean, it, everything we saw before this was not too bad, but, I, you know, we talked about how MJF versus Wardlow, it was it was solid. I think I had different expectations for it, but I still was not disappointed. Um, this match, I definitely was not disappointed. And this is when it, the pay-per-view, I feel, really started to pick up steam a little bit more. Even despite the dirty finish with Julia Hart interfering, this match was phenomenal. And the finish, I don't think, really tainted the match at all. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like just interference really has been so overdone over the years. And I don't feel like this really messed with the match all that much um you know kind of like you guys mentioned right before pack was about to go for the black arrow lights go out lights come on julie hart's in the ring gives the black mist to pack house of black gets the win it it was a good ending of the match i mean we had kind of predicted it ahead of time like you said steve i'm just glad to see them doing something with julia hart every story in aew um does not need to be a saga in the words of the what culture podcast and i couldn't agree more in this case so i'm glad they finally pulled the trigger on it i'm curious to see how it changes the dynamic of these guys uh this wednesday on dynamite yeah they needed a little something house of black needed a little something rather than just being a little creepy they needed a little um talking point and she will provide that and you know provides a little diversity she's gonna look great she already looks hot she dropped some uh promo picks today and um that was very nice to wake up to steve gropschmick got us up to speed on that <laughs> and um yeah and the good news is we all gained a point on that one too so moving right along we had the final for the men's owen hart foundation tournament samoa joe versus adam cole baby um, we all thought Adam Cole would be the winner of this, and he was. He defeated Samoa Joe. Um, did you guys have any uh, thoughts on this one? Really? Decent match. Nothing nothing too special. It was a good match. Mm-hmm. Predictable. Yeah, that's actually, you know, for the two guys, we all know our all-time greats. If if you're expecting like a five star, it didn't. I know I wouldn't say it delivered yeah. that. It was like, no. it was like yeah. a good TV show, not necessarily a good pay per view show. And I thought, you know, the right guy went over all of that. But yeah, it wasn't like. I guess I expected a hair more than what came out of it. Yeah, the ending to the match, Steve. I think you mentioned it when we were watching it live. You just basically said it was a weird ending. Yeah, um, and I agree. I. I, I was a few minutes behind on the live stream, so I, I saw your text before I actually saw the finish. So I was kind of watching for it, and I feel like maybe a better word to describe it was sudden. I, I think it just the match just kind of ended, and it was very underwhelming. It kind of like you guys said, it was a good TV match. I don't know that it made sense as a final match in this prestigious tournament on one of AEW's biggest pay per views of the year, right? So kind of disappointing in that respect now if adam cole is legit injured i can maybe understand why they may have changed up the match at the last second um or just maybe why it went the way it did i i don't know but but in the end yeah the i think the right guy went over i don't know that samoa joe would have had much to gain from winning this which we talked a lot more about that on last week's show so i won't get back into it but 
yeah, overall, right result. A little bit underwhelmed by the match. Yeah, it's kind of like two guys. I mean, I love Adam Cole. I'm not the biggest Joe fan, but, you know, just the size comparison between the two, it's not something that even really makes sense for even Matt, Adam Cole to really do win against him. But, um, you know, he did. So I'm, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it's over. Congratu congratulations, Adam Cole. Uh, but the next one was pretty surprising. It was the women's final of the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Uh, we predicted who would win on Rampage on Friday. Going into it, it was Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. I picked Chris Statlander to win that. All the boys picked Ruby, so they all gained a point there. Um, I actually stuck with Chris Statlander to win the Owen Hart um, final, but I did kick out and picked Ruby Soho along with all the boys. <laughs> we so, all got wrong. So we were all wrong, um, which was crazy. And maybe this this should have been way more predictable than I thought. I mean, I, I spoke um, on my feelings on how I feel about Ruby Soho. I don't really get that excited about her, but Britt Baker did end up winning. I know you guys want to get to talking, so yeah, take it away. I was going to say, I think the reason I was texting you guys about, oh, I think Britt's going to win was the simple reason that, and I don't know that we knew this going into the pay-per-view, when they made it clear when Adam Cole just left that they were going to honor both together, it's like there's no mm. way they're going to have Adam Cole and Ruby Soho together. Sense, yeah. And that's why I was like, yeah. then it's like, oh, okay, they're going to go with the couple. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah. The other giveaway where she was wearing pink, where they both wore pink. They were like matching outfits. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. over. The signs were there at the pay-per-view. Well, yeah, I saw that, but I thought when they brought the band out for Soho, I'm like, how do you not I know, her right. over? Her yeah, story, they, is, her gimmick has been that she can't win the big one, and apparently yeah. they're just going to keep doing that. <laughs> Long-term booking, I guess. <laughs> yeah, saga. I think it was a little disappointing in, in the fact that I feel like AEW really just went for the photo op in this entire thing more Kinda. than anything. You know, you have the two wrestlers who are going to win come out wearing the Bret Hart gear because, you know, they're, they're going to have their picture taken and they want to have, you know, a nice, colorful, coordinated image. And you have With the couple, Martha. right? Um, yeah. This really felt a lot like a WWE booking decision to me. And maybe that's why we didn't pick it to go this way because AEW just – traditionally when put in a position like this i feel like they do a good job sticking to what makes sense in the storyline um versus what's going to make sense on you know their website so i yeah I, like i said a little disappointed in the finish at the end of the day you know what are you going to do um Britt baker i feel like still feels somewhat like a champion i mean she's got this other belt that she can carry around now and rub in everyone's face which maybe they'll make that part of you know her character for the next several months we'll see we'll see where that goes um but yeah it's really unfortunate you just wonder where does that leave ruby soho so hopefully AEW sees that um and figures out what they want to do next with her yeah, you know, and then I, I mean you're thinking well maybe she'll be the one to beat jade but then they bring athena in <laughs> right Totally. Yeah. So crazy wrap up to it. Um, I Yeah. So we didn't really uh, gain a point there. But uh, the, so the match uh, or the pay-per-view came to a place where I think they wanted to eat some time so they could push the headliner back in time after hockey and um, basketball was all done. We 
did not predict these matches, but it was Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky versus Paige Van Zandt and Sammy Guevara with Frankie Kazarian and Ty Connie, just a mishmash of that whole thing, something that I'm really, really not interested in. We yeah. did talk about uh, Paige Van Zandt. She doesn't really look like she's in fight shape so much, um, but I thought she looked great. I thought she looked good. Uh, Ty Conti got super kicked in the face, which was kind of nice. Uh, that was a that was a hell of a kick. That was a great super yeah. Kick. Yeah, it was the second time she got super kicked in the face in sixty days. I want to say so. Yeah, it was a lot more contact than the one that uh, Penta gave her down at Triple Mania. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, this whole story is wrapping up. They're tweeting. I like, hope so. Thank God this is over and that and because. I think the wrestlers are over it, and the uh, fans are definitely over it. So, I don't know if we're gonna what where the road's gonna lead after this for this uh, for all these wrestlers here. Uh, then there was Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly defeated Darby Allen. Uh, I don't know if you guys really want to get into this one. It was just kind of you know two great wrestlers on display. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's cool that they they did the unpredictable and uh, Kyle, you know, Kyle O'Reilly's starting to get some momentum now. I was going to mm-hmm. say the same thing. I was really surprised to see Kyle O'Reilly win. Um, at the same time, I guess it wasn't just because he's been winning a lot of matches lately. And, I, you know, almost to the point where you feel like the fans are starting to get behind him a little bit more than they have been. Because because not only has he been winning matches, he's been earning those wins at the same time. Like he's been putting on great matches, great counters, great sequences, and really getting the crowd drawn in as these matches have gone on. So, uh, yeah, I think it was the right call, honestly, with the win. Darby can take a loss every oh, once yeah. in a while. Oh yeah, and you could excuse it. Oh, stings out, you know. Right. Right. Yeah, it's still hard for me to get on with Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, I respect the guy. But after he went up to the main roster and how, what they did with him, I can't get that mental image out of my face when he squishes up his face and does the head banging and like the the marching. Like I just, <laughs> ugh, I just can't get that out. For our <laughs> listeners, Mike actually acted that out. He never went to the main roster. Or what? But, when he went on his own, or when I he went on his own is when they did that. Yeah, after he beat after he beat Adam Cole. Yeah. Yeah, but he was still, I mean, yeah, it's stupid. It was a stupid gimmick, but yeah, he never went to the It was nothing. Though. I don't even know what it was. I it's think they were like, just okay, trying to, you know, air guitar, Vince, air Vince he was just trying to try something new, and it just didn't yeah. fit the person. It was just bad. It was yeah. just yeah. real bad. Yeah, so it's just left a really bad taste in my mouth wherever I saw it. I'm trying to get it out, but um, yeah. So good for him. I'm glad he's gaining more momentum in this company. As we move on, we will he's, get he's to... A worker. He's a worker, not a talker. Some guys yeah. are just really good in the ring, and that's how he's always been. He's Dean that's why he's always. That's why he's the best with um, Bobby Fish when they're a tag team. You know, we can have Fish do the talking. That's why he's mostly a tag team guy. He had a few mm-hmm. little run, run and ring of honor, but best tag team. Always. Some guys are just like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Cool. Yeah. All right. As we move along here, we got to the AEW Women's World Championship match. Thunder Rosa, current champion versus Serena Deeb. Two women that we love and respect in the company. And this was one of the better female women's pay-per-view matches 
maybe that there's ever been. Uh, these are two experienced women, two very athletic uh, athletes here. <laughs> athletic athletes. So, um, but no, I mean, these ladies uh, laid their hearts on the line, told a great story. Uh, we agreed that Thunder Rosa was going to win this championship back. Nothing against Serena Deeb. It's just timing was not on her side. But I hope she gets another shot because this was a really, really awesome match and kept the uh, it got the momentum back after these two random matches from O'Reilly and Allen in the Scorpio Sky Ethan Page match. So uh, what did you guys think about this one? I was really happy to see these two wrestle a technical wrestling match because Serena Deeb is always touted as being the professor of professional wrestling. And what better way for her to showboat than in a match like this, right? And we all know Thunder Rosa can go. I mean, I think even before she was fully signed with AEW when she first came in to do some matches while she was still the NWA women's champion, Professional wrestling was her bread and butter, um, and I, I feel like ever since she's joined AEW, she's kind of gotten away from that a little bit, and it could just be because of the way the women's division's booked in AEW and just the way the storylines have played out, but I was just really happy to see these two have a good technical wrestling match, um, and it just brought out the best in everything they did. There was a couple weird spots in between. Um, you know, they'd have a sequence of moves that would end and, you know, kind of shift the momentum either towards Thunder Rosa or Serena Deeb. And I feel like they felt somewhat uncomfortable in those moments or like they didn't know how long to let the moment breathe. Um, and I think that was more on Thunder Rosa's end than Serena Deeb's. But all in all, it, you know, putting that aside, this was by far, and I think we agreed as a group, like probably one of the best women's matches in AEW to this point. So, you know, nothing, I'm not taking anything away from it by any means. Is, could they do better? Absolutely. But did they do a great job? Definitely. And I really hope that they build on this and keep the momentum going. Yeah. I mean, Serena Deeb is the best. I think she's probably one of the best women wrestlers in the world today. It's hard to have a mad, bad match with her. She literally is the professor. There's a reason she was a coach. Um, and then XD and there's a those guys were idiots for letting her out, getting rid of her. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, Tony Khan's and those guys game because she or game because she's really good. I mean, if you because if you think about it, the best. I mean, uh, Thunder Rosa's probably most famous match was with uh, was with um, Britt because of the bleeding and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But but her best matches are what was with was with um, Serena. That right. She she she's. She's great. Yeah, she's great. Because even yeah. like her and those Sakara, those her and those Sheeta matches, they wrestled like a countless number of the times, and they're all good every time. You where you're not like this again, you know? Mm-hmm. It's because of Serena. Serena's the best. I think that I can't name. I can't think of another woman's wrestler today who's better than her. That's a good point. That Serena Deep seems to be the common thread between all who's, these yeah. really good TV matches. Who's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you know, Charlotte's not as good. Um, uh, Sasha Bailey. No, they're not. They they have strong. No, they're not on that level, dude. Even Athena, she's really good, but she's mm-hmm. not on that level, dude. Right, right. Yeah, she's probably the most well-rounded. Yeah, uh, women's wrestler that can like. Make any like adapt her style, yeah. yeah. 
All right, make on. anybody look. She could risk wrestle Chris Statlander one way. She's communicating with these uh, other rest, female wrestlers that don't speak English from New Japan or or whatever, coming over here and and putting on great matches. Because I mean, just the rest, the in ring wrestling is a language in itself, and if you know how to speak it oh, well. Yeah. It's going to translate on TV and to the crowd. And, yeah, so hats off to her. I really hope she does get a shot someday. Someday, yeah. Yeah, Thunder just – and, you know, probably Serena. It's probably not even in her, like, book where she wants – I mean, she would obviously love it and she would be a great champion, I think. But for her, this is – I think it's all about – she seems pretty selfless um, as far as getting, like, the spotlight. I think she's just – She's all about the business and, you know, doing what's best for the business and the company she's working for. So that's somebody you want in there for sure. So good stuff. All right. So this is where the madness begins. It was (laughs) the Jericho Appreciation (laughs) Society uh, and Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley in the anarchy in the arena match. And this was freaking crazy. I wish I would have seen it live, uh, but I fell asleep. But it, <laughs> I watched the highlights, and I saw they were all over the arena, kind of like the show that Char- uh, Charlie saw down in Chicago recently. What was that, the riot in Chicago or Chicago riot? Yeah, Chicago they, street fight. Was that and they, that's what they call the match. Gotcha. And they just fought all over the arena. Just Crazy, the cameraman, who, whoever the director who was in the van outside was probably just like, take camera 13, take camera two, take camera cr- All over the place, yeah. So I'm sure it was really hard to, um, you know, get that all organized. But man, that had to have been so cool to see live. Um, as far as the picks go, I was the only person on the show that picked the Jericho nice nice Society. nice pick good pick um, the rest of the boys picked Eddie and the gang uh we, nice we pick, even man. on on these like multi uh member matches we always throw in a stipulation of which, oh yeah which winner of the team uh on the winning team pins the loser on the losing team uh none of those picks showed up none of our stipulations nobody got nobody had daniel getting pinned no (laughs) yeah well and fucking hagar would have been like the last guy uh that i would pick uh (laughs) even if i did have him i had garcia (laughs) over ortiz so that didn't show up but i mean this match was just out of control so you guys saw it live i'll let you guys take it away the only thing I'll say about it is the image of Eddie Kingston coming out uh, with uh, gasoline covered in oh, blood. Oh, that was great. Like he was crazy. Priceless. That forever. was great. Yeah, that was probably my favorite part. Then Daniel, him and Daniel jump, Daniel jump and fight, and I thought that well, was great. yeah, because it's like he, you know, it was like probably you light water. Him on fucking fire. But he's like, yeah. He fucking, he fucking light him on fire. He douses Daniel Brian Danielson with gas too. It was like, of course, <laughs> Brian will be like upset about that. Yeah. Oh, it was so but, great. But I thought it was a little thing too, because if you notice in that match, Chris Jericho kept like wiping his face and wiping yeah. like he really yeah. had gasoline on him. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, and the mustard, everything. Honest to God, I was watching this with my in-laws. So my my brother-in-law doesn't really watch wrestling anymore, but he grew up with the Attitude Era and all that, so he had some familiarity. My my mother-in-law was in the room and like, what the hell is going on? But it was just, my brother-in-law and I were just 
dying laughing because one thing after the other was just hysterical the mustard that you know of course they brought out the condiments and yeah. just the you know then they bring out the barbed wire and then they bring out this and that honest to god it's like you think you've seen them all but like this one just like just freaking just popped me like time after time it was just a complete train wreck in all the best ways we've seen so many fights like this but i don't think i've ever seen like a cooler full of full bottles of water get hurled <laughs> get thrown, yeah, i just whipped I'm like holy shit i just whipped the whole cooler i was like jesus yeah every part of this match it felt like super dangerous um the, admittedly so when this started moxley's music just kept playing Oh that yeah, that At was first, great. New Jack my, style. My first thought was the production team messed up because it's AEW and they've done this before. But when the song just finally kept playing and then the crowd got into it and started singing along to the match, then I was like, okay, yeah, this totally that works. was intentional. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and and then Jack. of course that's the heel, the yeah, heel Jericho, matches. the heel Jericho like rips Breaks. the cord out. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. That was great. I actually thought for a minute, I was even before he did it, I was thinking, okay, I could totally see one of these guys going to the back and going, where's the sound guy and trying to like stop the music. And of course it happened. Honest yeah. to God. That was like, I didn't think I could be as entertained. Like, you know, like Matt just said, like you see like oh, yeah. lots of these, I didn't think I could be as, as entertained by this format as, as I was. It was, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I've never really been into it. So I, until I went to that new Japan, I was like, holy shit, this is really cool. And, you know, when you do it right, and then I saw that one, too. I was like, holy shit, you know, if you get the right company doing it right, it's really good. You know? And I I mean, obviously, they're going to set up for something else. Like, maybe it's uh, there are people speculating blood of blood and guts. But, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how you top it, but they'll probably figure out a way. The other thing that, oh, like, a little minor cage. Yeah. Yeah. Blood and guts is the like war games, basically. Um, yeah. 2K, I was surprised games. Regal was nowhere to be found, right? Right. Like, I would have thought he'd at minimum be on commentary or something, but it was weird that he wasn't even in the arena. Maybe, and part of that could have been by design, just because yeah. when you think back, like how chaotic this match yeah. was, if Regal was even present, you know they would have had to have involved him somehow. True. I don't think they wanted yeah. to risk the, you know, with the danger of this match. Yeah. And everything. That's so true. It, That's a fair well, point. Think about it that way, it, it probably makes sense. But yeah, I was kind of surprised in, at the time too. And think about it too, boys. This was the first time that they put on one of these matches live, no pre-recorded tape, because like Stadium Stampede. Yeah. They always pre-recorded it the night before, and then I think the one after that, they 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 finally got one on where they brought it, you know, to the fans. Every live. yeah. So how exciting is that? I just gotta like try to put myself in these wrestlers' shoes slash boots, um, and just like how like what the nerves are like going into some kind of unpredictable match like this. Because I mean, some fan could get involved, somebody could get seriously hurt. Like it's literally so unpredictable. But the only person that did predict it was me. Uh, winning nice. this match was the Jericho <laughs> Appreciation Society. So I gained a point on all you boys. You there, earned so that, that was one. Real good. You're the man. Well deserved. Basically cut, he basically cut your point back then. Yep. And uh, speaking of another point getting gained back, I, I earned another one. I picked the How's Jurassic that? Express. Uh, oh, oh yeah. I should have stuck with that. Good call. Yeah. Uh, Charlie picked with that. Keith Lee yeah. and uh, Swerve, yeah. as well as Steve. 
And then uh, Matt went on his own and picked Team Taz, but I stuck with Jurassic Express to retain, and they did, so I was pretty stoked about that. I didn't really see the match, but I did see the highlights. Um, You know, just all great athletes in this match. And um, I know you guys have your thoughts on it, so I'll just take it over to you. I'm not even going to bullshit, so. Yeah, I pretty much knew as soon as... um... Jurassic Express when I knew uh, Punk was winning because there was no way they're going to go with another pay-per-view with no title changes. Two pay-per-views with two no title changes. As then right then I was like, it's, it's going to be a title change. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I did not see this coming. I mean, I guess I should, I shouldn't act shocked. It's like, it, it's not like the most shocking decision, but I really thought well, it was time to like get it on one of those other teams that really well, needed it. Well, well, a guy I heard say too, Nobody's been pushed to be like the number. There's FTR is probably the top other tag team, but no other tag team has been pushed in the ready to jump over them position. So if you think about it that way, title isn't going to probably just change randomly. It'd have to True. be someone that's pushing them. I was like, oh yeah, that makes because swerving. Because Swerve and Keith Lee and um and uh, Team Taz are their beef yeah. is with each other. So yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not with Jurassic Express, technically. Yeah, that's a good I, point. The, my the only thing I'll add in regards to this match, you know, we we all had different picks for the most part. I don't know that that says a lot of good things about the <laughs> AEW tag division at the time no. because if we can't decide who's going to win the match, or if there isn't even a hint towards who's going to win. You know, that's that's either AEW's not doing a good job telling a story or none of the team seems like viable candidates. And honestly, in this case, I think it was a little bit of both. Both, yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned I had picked Team Taz. Deep down inside, I kind of knew they weren't going to win just because it's yeah, like, well, they don't quite feel like tag team champions. You know, Charlie, your pick of Swerve and Keith Lee, kind of the similar deal. So yeah. once the match started, maybe a minute or two in, I knew – that Jurassic Express oh, was going to win. It was kind of like a given at that point. Like, wow, I why thought, did I second? I, I, yeah, I thought the whole match, I thought when Swerve and Keith Lee did their finishing move, I thought it was over. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, damn. Because I thought they had him. I mean, I literally jumped like, fuck. I'm like, and then once they did their finishing move, they didn't get him. I'm like, yeah, it's Jurassic, it's Jurassic Express. Because you hit your finisher and they kick out. You're not going to get to do another bigger move to, to pair right. I was like, Right. Uh, Well, my logic was uh, Team Taz, the Hobbs, and Ricky. I just think Ricky is just going to be a better singles guy. That just doesn't seem like an attractive um, pairing for the for the tag titles when you're so stacked in AEW. And then Swerve and Keith, they're just too new. And Jurassic Express have put their time in with the company. They're OG roster members, and I think they just need a little longer reign. So I just went with that and didn't try to overthink it. So. Well, maybe, maybe uh, Andrade and his new acquisition will take him on. Speaking of which, Andrade just got married to Charlotte Flair this past weekend. Yeah, congratulations. Fucking dude, dude, Flair had a video of um, him walking her down the aisle. I put it, hey, maybe the third time's a charm. (laughs) (laughs) I think, wasn't his ex-wife there too? I'm sure. Yeah, I think I saw that photo. So I'm I'm sure that was good. Was Rick crying? He's crying probably while he had some of his digits up some maid of honor's dress. 
chick's been married three times and all the crying is done, dude. <laughs> all the crying yeah. and walking her down the aisle should have been done, dude. Didn't they should just they should just had a small wedding, you know. Wasn't she with some wrestler that was like abusive or something? Or um I can't, I can't remember, yeah. dude. But I only know it's three marriages, something's wrong with you. Well, she's <laughs> the old man's proud. Yep. Oh walking yeah. Into, walking in their father's footsteps. Yeah, Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree right there. That being said, I'm a big fan of Andrade, so hopefully it works out for him. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Seems hopefully. like a good guy. He does seem like a good guy, actually. Yep. He's All a right. Big motherfucker. Yeah, you can probably <laughs> pound some tequila with old Rick. Oh, yeah. All right. So there's one match left on the card, and it is the championship match. It was CM Punk versus current champion Adam Hangman Page. Um,. We all picked CM Punk, except for Charlie, but then he used his kick out wisely and switched over to CM Punk, so we were in unanimous agreement, and CM Punk is your new AEW champion. Pretty cool. In Las Vegas, um, I read online that this match was kind of sloppy and choppy Mm. at times, but um, what did you guys think of it? Nah. I don't think it was sloppy. I think it was, you know, like actually, you know, interesting perspective from a lapsed wrestling fan. My brother-in-law was like, this match is kind of slow and boring. And I'm like, well, I think, you know, it's more about the story. And I guess that's why I had a tolerance for it. Cause it was like, it was really, yeah, really. It wasn't like, you know, a five star, uh, 10 star in the Tokyo dome match. It was a, um, a good story told patient. I mean, sure. CM Punk screwed up the uh, Lariat twice, Mm -hmm. but it didn't it didn't to me that didn't hurt the match i think it was like a good story and i i don't know i i enjoyed it i thought it was a really it delivered i guess is how i'd summarize it yeah i w- i would say the same thing i mean i think all punk's matches have i mean he's not a work great guy especially nowadays um given his advancing years but i think everything he's been involved in he does such a great job building the story that you invest in that enough where they could just stand there and stare at each other for a few minutes and it'd probably be amazing. So yeah, overall, I thought it was a really good match. Steve, I agree with you. The two buckshot lariat attempts that were both a little botched weren't all that great. Um, and I was shocked that punk went for a second one and kind of messed it up again. So, you know, hopefully he learned from that a little bit, but regardless of all that, I was really happy to see punk win. And we talked about this on last week's episode, but I'll say it again. I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air for the AEW world title. I think Hangman's reign was good, but a little bit underwhelming at the same time. I think, you know, there was so much hype leading up to him beating Kenny Omega that that was really the peak of his run. And unfortunately, it was the beginning of his run. And everything after that was just trying to justify it. So, granted, he had great matches. He had some pretty cool feuds. Um, Nothing that felt main event worthy, though. Um, especially compared to Punk. Punk almost felt like the champion even before he was. And I can almost fan- start fantasy booking all these title matches with him as the champion. So I'm really looking forward to his reign as champion, and I think it was the right move. Yeah, when Punk's music's going to hit now with some gold around the waist, it's going to oh, be even a bigger nuts. pop. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of good championship- champions in AEW. And I would, like you said, Matt, I wouldn't put Adam Page as high on that list. We saw Moxley 
uh, Kenny, Chris Jericho, all be amazing champs in the company. I would probably rank him at the bottom. Where CM Punk will fall on that list, I don't know. We're going to see, but I think it's going to be a little stronger than AEW so or, oh, or uh, than the other, uh, than Adam Hangman Page. With, I think it's going to be up there with Kenny, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, it, I, I, I think so, Kenny's too. Kenny's right. It's, he's super over, dude. He's and I mean, remember. And, and think about this. Kenny Omega had Don Callis with him, too. CM Punk is going on it on its own, and I think he can carry that belt solo. Oh, dude, he can, one of the best talkers in the business, dude. He don't need a mic. He doesn't need a mouthpiece. He's one of yep. the best talkers in the business. For sure. You know, and yeah. I wonder if that's what did. I guess maybe it's a actually a positive thing to say about AEW is and their champions is if Hangman's at the bottom, that's still pretty damn good because you know he's not a great promo every week. Mm-hmm. But every single title defense he had was a really good match. So if if that's your if that's your lower bar, I mean they've had really good champions. Yeah, yeah. he's just like you're a hardworking, yeah, hardworking champ. I mean, he's nothing wrong with him. Just no. When you got guys like Jericho, Kenny, Moxley, those guys have big personalities besides yes. their wrestling. So it's hard to match that in the beginning yes. of his career. You know, right. when Moxley first started out, he wasn't. He isn't what he is today. So in time, you know, um, uh, Hangman might get to that, to where mm-hmm. Moxley is today. We know when he, when Moxley first started, he wasn't where he was. So it just, it just takes time, seasoning, or time. Yeah, he was business. a, Nothing, he was a very no, young champion, and there's a lot of shame. pressure yep. on that, that comes with that belt because AEW has rampant fans all over the world. A lot of eyes yep. on that belt. A lot of expectation built yeah. in with it to yeah. deliver and i think he i think he followed through with his champion responsibilities he got over enough with the crowd nothing crazy or earth shattering so yeah it was a responsible carrying of that belt uh and for however long it was a year three quarters of a year i, don't I know. think the fact that they had a multi-year story for him winning the title you yeah. can't possibly top that so i think his rise to the top was such a better story that his title ring couldn't possibly match yeah, exactly. The, the, his his glory was in the chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that, exactly. that's where his his money was in the chase, and then once you catch it, now what? Right you now, know? I wonder if I mean, you know, like he kind of played that card that was really weird about like CM Punk's a, like a cancer in the locker room, blah blah blah, and it left you to wonder. Well, one of two things is Punk going to really be a, a wolf in cheese clothing and a heel, or uh, is is Hangman going to turn heel at this point? I bet hanger changes, turns yeah, heel, and got I, I could see that about not using using the belt and lo- about not using the belt and making him yeah. lose it. So I have a feeling he will turn. But unless something ha- unless something major happens in the crowd, we'll we'll know in L.A. tomorrow if the crowd turns on Punk, which I doubt. I doubt. But yeah, I highly doubt <laughs> it. But it's gonna be nothing but roses for the next month because I don't know. I think they do. I think they're in California, California the next two weeks. Then they go to Detroit, which is punk because it's Midwest. Then they come to Milwaukee, which is punk. punk. Then the, and then that pay-per-view after that, Chicago, which is the roof is going to blow off that fucking building when he comes mm-hmm. out because that place went nuts when we were mm-hmm. down there when they had the um, – uh, the rampage when his debut that place was fucking oh yeah we were there me and Mike were there weren't we Mike 
You were three, yep. weren't you, Mike? Yeah, that place yep. is fucking nuts when he when he came out, dude. So you know him yep. coming out as a champ is gonna be fucking nuts. So he's gonna have a good. He's got a good. He's got to get a month. He's gonna get a good month run of positive before get you know before he says to see any negative. In my I'm belief, looking, I'm looking forward to that. And you know, Steve, you kind of I, I think we're kind of getting at it, but. That last promo we saw from Hangman right before the pay-per-view seemed really confusing. And yeah, talking about how like Punk's a cancer in AEW and almost framing him up to be a heel, right? Um, it would be, I, all I can say is when Punk eventually does turn heel, because I feel like he's gotta, you know, before That'd be his, cool. That would be cool. Because <laughs> he is, he's the ultimate heel too. Like that would be probably one of the most brilliant heel turns ever if he came into AEW and lasted, you know, all this time as a baby face when in reality the whole time he wasn't. Um, and it was just all about fans' perception of him. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll have to see where it goes. But right now, yeah, it's fun just enjoying the fact that he is champ and we're going to see some good stuff over the next month for sure. It's going to be the summer of CM Punk. And it's going to be a Part lot three. of fun. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, who do you think he's going to take on first? Uh, MJF? Uh, uh, Danielson? I'm, I'm not up. I, I would have sworn money. I would have, I would have put cash money down on MJF being the one to end CM Punk's think, reign. Yeah, I'm I not sure about that line, anymore. Yeah, yeah. if they yeah. re-sign him, maybe. But right now, that's in limbo. I wouldn't mm-hmm. give him shit. I wouldn't give him shit. No, <laughs> I am telling I, you. Yeah. He's good, but I think he thinks he should be paid more. Don't get me wrong. Yes, but if he's but, asking for the world, I think when you like pull a, yeah. When you pull a bitch move like skipping out on a signing and yes. oh, I won't show up at the pay per view. Maybe it's like, mm-hmm. dude, you got to set you, an example. You you think you're a little bigger than what you are. You know, you're you're popular, but you're not god status dude right you know, they got they got many guys the show will keep moving without you dude just like got, the show will keep moving with cody and in terms you know? in terms of his character he's got nothing to bitch about he has been the centerpiece forever and he's so young yes you don't you don't want to blemish this early on your career yeah i mean yeah people are gonna forget about it but yeah go ahead I, and I think that crowd was seriously pissed at him. It wasn't just the heel heat. You know, they got the you fucked up, and they were pissed at him, dude. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the normal heat. They were salty at him, like, you turned on us, dude. You know? Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling they're going to keep him off TV for a while. Well, yeah. and that's the thing. I think, yeah, I, I think if he doesn't show up this week, it's not an I, indi- it's not like a huge just, statement because they – stretchered him off yeah 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 i just read that he was supposedly um he's in la someone's this he's been seen in la okay so i still think they're gonna work things out but yeah they gotta be real careful with that guy because he's approaching head case yeah Yeah, he's doing bitch moves dude (laughs) yeah well the arthur ash stadium uh uh, pay-per-view the grand slam is a uh, how far away that's usually in july or august or something like is, that is that a is, is that a pay-per-view it's not a pay-per-view it's just Florida. one of their kind of premium bigger shows, shows you could call oh, it one of the bigger shows like the grand slam that's usually at the in new york and that's where he thrives so yeah i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do they might have him go off tv for a little bit and kind of reintroduce them closer to when they um get back over to the east coast could be but we shall see we shall see possibility and not to jump around too much but um steve i think you posed the question who's 
first challenger. Um, so I'm actually on AEW's website right now looking at the rankings, and these have yeah, not been nice. updated for a few days. But it looks like prior to Punk winning the title, so Punk was the number one contender. Yeah. Number two is John Moxley, and Ooh, not going to happen yet. I yeah, I feel the same way. And number three is Adam Cole. Um, Baby, no, yeah, yeah, which you can't, Cole's already can't had, but that would suck. Guy. Yeah, because yeah. Cole's gonna like, he's not gonna win it. He can't run. Well, that's that the thing. Guy. It's yeah. like Cole. Cole lost those two title matches, yeah. and then he wins the Owen Hart. You can't have him lose the damn title matches then again. Go back for a third time. Oh, and he lose. That would really yeah. undo the tournament. Yeah, you're, you're totally. gonna have to have a straight up heel. I mean, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know. MJF should calm down because it's literally set up for MJF. Because yes. Punk, Punk would do the honors and put him over. Absolutely. He, likes him. Totally. You know, he would. So it's like, dude, they were setting it up for you six months down the line to get this title, and you're fucking yeah. causing all this shit. Another, it was right around Christmas when that feud was going on. It was all yeah. through Thanksgiving, Christmas, during the holidays. It was some of the best TV on, was just those two going back and forth. And yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just think going for a title. <laughs> Fine. And another th- another challenger, um, not not in the rankings, but something else I was hearing on one of the podcasts I was listening to is potentially Eddie Kingston, which makes sense when you think about the history between Punk and Kingston, how he just yeah. routinely takes shots at him. I don't know that he would just flat out grant Kingston a title shot. I think he'd make him earn it somehow or have to get worked into, you know, yeah. giving him one because he wants to prove he already, himself. He already, or, you he, already, know. he already beat him. I kind of want to see that. Dude, I want... I really don't want to see matches that you know aren't gonna. That's what right. they did to Hangman. That you know they put Hangman some of these matches. You know he was gonna win, dude. So it's right. like, don't book those matches, dude. Just wait for a decent contender or pay per view kind of thing. Well, they got time anyway because he's gonna either he's gonna wrestle somebody big in Chicago, and then they have time to build for all um all in, you know, in September. So they got time to build. Because he won't wrestle anybody. He'll be wrestling somebody from Japan. Ah, uh, good month. point. Yeah, he's not wrestling anybody from here. So, the, yeah, I pretty much think that the next month is going to be kind of building towards that pay-per-view anyway. So I kind of I like... Uh, I know J- Punk is not going to drop this title for you know close to a year, I would say. But I do yeah, kind of sure. like this uh, prospect of Eddie Kingston way down the line, like... Punk defends against you know some of these guys, but I think this might be Eddie's best chance to maybe get the EW championship because I think <laughs> Jump Punk is one guy that re- like likes Eddie's tenacity and games. Well, because who is Eddie going to take it off of? He's not going to take it off of Cole. They're not going to take it off of you know other, another big guy, not MJF or anything like that. Punk would be the only. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but this is. Kingston's best possibility isn't that, where isn't that what one culture's been predicting, uh, Matt? Have they really? They, they yeah. mentioned they Kingston pre- a couple they, times. Yeah, one of the guys has predicted Kingston will be the next champion and then MGF will beat Kingston. Yeah. And uh, then Punk and see, and then they that. can renew Punk that MGF's be bad. rivalry for the title. I, I think I think Mike's got a better chance of getting at him uh, that AEW title than, than oh, Eddie Kingston. I would love a, <laughs> a Mike Bate title run. I'd support yeah. it. I, but you know I what? Just, I feel like I'm sensing a Mike I just Bates get drunk really. and pass out before the match. Jeff Hardy nothing Jeff's going to say. That's Jeff Hardy and TNA. Get, we can't get a hold of him. We can't get a hold of him. He's not picking up his It's phone. all these watermelon margaritas. Where's all He's this water? 
Catering's <laughs> out of watermelon. Where's Mike? <laughs> He's in his basement, passed out. Every Shit. time I every time I see Sting and Jeff Hardy in the ring at the same time, I think about that whole TNA thing when Jeff showed up drunk to the match. Yeah. <laughs> Sad times. So yeah, obviously Sting's the, forgiven. The King Booker. Right. All yeah. right. Well, the results are in. And we will hear those results right after promo of the week. Oh. And we do have a winner. <laughs> so you're going to want to stick around and hear who Damn. it is. So uh, this one comes from Bobby Brunch from Pittsburgh. Probably a big Brit Baker fan. And I am a big fan of Brunch. So I'm a big fan <laughs> of you, Bobby. So he says, what's the best wrestling podcast out there today? Keep the kayfabe. Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate it, bro. We really like our East Coast listeners and all around the world. So if you want to submit your promo of the week, you can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Keep the Kayfabe or to our email, Keep the Kayfabe 414 at gmail.com. So please uh, shoot us what you want us to listen or uh, watch and announce on the show. So this one from Bobby is the Ultimate Warrior. He cuts a promo <laughs> on Macho Man Randy Savage. This comes to us from 1992 in the month of June. So it's a hot summer when the Ultimate Warrior is cutting promos on Randy Savage. So let's get to it. You heard the exciting news at the top of the hour. The chosen site for the hottest event of the summer, SummerSlam, has been announced. It's all taking place in London at the famed Wembley Stadium, Saturday evening, the 29th of August. You folks here in the United Kingdom and throughout the rest of Europe, considering the tremendous lineup of matches that have been announced so far, I promise you the tickets for the sizzling event are not going to last. Secure your seats as soon as possible. Now, coming up, I will have all the information you will need to see every exciting moment in person. In the main event, the Ultimate Warrior plans to rock the world by recapturing the World Wrestling Federation Championship when he challenges the Macho Man Randy Savage for the title at Wembley. I can close my eyes and my warriors can envision WrestleMania 7 like it only happened yesterday. But tomorrow, in front of 80,000 plus warriors at Wembley Stadium, let us relive the past and let us make new ventures for the future. I remember, Macho Man, I pressed you to my gods. You fell below. You rose from the depths. But I also remember one, two, three, four, five off the top rope. And I answered the challenge. I have beaten the best of them all, Hulk Hogan. Andre the Giant, and now you stand above all others with the World Wrestling Federation belt. I come to Wembley for one thing. You, macho man, figure it out. Boy, oh boy. That's another classic. Thanks, Bobby, for uh, submitting that one. Lots of screaming. 92 is a great year. You got to run that one through Babble Fish to understand what the hell he said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, this is when uh, this guy was just so full of himself, too, and didn't, you know, he was he was probably the epitome of faking it till you make it. And he made it quick. That's why a lot of people despised him in the business. But, um, yeah. Hey, good dig there, Bobby. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for submitting that. 
All right, so let's run down the records here. Oh, boy. Just like uh, records in AEW, we have them on. Keep the kayfabe for the prediction show. So here we go. There was uh, actually three members on this podcast that had the exact same record. Are you kidding? That, wow. Yeah. And it was seven and four. And it was all of you guys. And I had a better <laughs> oh, record nice. with eight and three. Nice. So your new nice. King Booker is the one and only Mike Bates. Was it your, was it your um, it was, tag team? That yeah, tag team in Jericho. Yep, take team and Jericho is what did it, what uh, differentiated, differentiated me from the pack. I mean, I went with – so the nice thing about this, too, I didn't have to sell out and uh, go against my girl, Chris Statlander. I still picked her and still beat you guys. Um, so kicking out from Chris as the champ for the Owen Hart, going with Soho didn't really matter because Soho didn't get us anywhere. But, yeah, you guys were all – Right on the line at seven and four, no stipulations were uh, capitalized on. So yeah, it was just Jurassic Express and uh, Jericho Appreciation Society that did it for me. So I guess I'll team myself up uh, for my victory speech here. Um, I feel very on top of the world right now going back because lots of times I like to prop up the boys on these shows. I like to pick the outside picks so to make my co-host look really good. And I'm not a, I'm not okay to be the Spike Dudley on this show. I'm I mean I am okay with that. I don't mind taking some bumps. But now that I'm the champ, I feel like I'm winning at life with uh, you know, a new son that is doing so great and we're very much in love. We have the best hockey playoffs going on right now. The keep the keep the kayfabe king booker right now. And I think I'm going to want to defend this title. Going into uh, Forbidden Door, I can't wait to defend it against you guys and then start really picking these matches and show you what I can do. I'm going for a perfect score next time, boys. So oh, watch out. Wow, you better start bringing it. I'm not going with these far, far-reaching, uh, outside things. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to win. I want to stay on top. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. So out right. of curiosity. How have we all been King Booker at this point? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think now we have. Well, I was King Booker like in the very first, like early episodes. I don't even think Charlie was in the on the normal rotation yet. Ah, um, okay. But that was way back when. I think I won it twice in the beginning when we were just kind of figuring things out. Go back and listen to those; they were probably good. But yeah, we're in our eighty seventh episode. We are approaching a hundred. And we'll get there this year, boys. It's going to be a lot of fun. We appreciate you listening each and every week. We're going to bring you the wrestling news. Uh, follow us on Keep the Kayfabe on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, shoot us a note, like I said, at keepthekayfabe414 at gmail.com. Like I said, it's good to be king. And you know what you got to do when you're the king? You got to keep it Triple H. And that's staying humble, staying hungry, and staying hard. Triple H. Woo! You're gonna set me on fire.